0: Good to have you back, episode 245 of Maximize Your Influence. Hopefully you're having a great week, great month, great year, great summer, whatever it is you need to be doing to maximize your income and maximize your influence. Spend time in San Francisco this week doing some training on how to influence without authority and persuasive presentations. Always good, always fun, small audience this time. Did a lot of one-on-one, did some video recording, and helped take those persuasion skills, especially those presentation skills, to the next level. Because anybody can present, but is it persuasive? Anybody can inform, but is it influential? That is the key to combine the two worlds of persuasion and influence and public speaking. That is an art. That is a science. It is something we can do to help you take your life and your income And of course, in San Francisco, I had some really good clam chowder in a sourdough bowl at Pier 49. If you haven't had that, you need to live and get that, hang out with the seals, which are all over the place, and great seafood. But I keep forgetting, you know, I grew up in Southern California, that San Francisco is always cold. (laughs) It doesn't matter what time of year, it gets cold. I think it was like 52 at night, the summertime, always cold. Even in the summertime, you're going to be cold. That's just how San Francisco is. Great city, fun city, interesting city, unique city, maybe even a strange city. But anyway, it has it all just like any big city. But I got to hang out with a bunch of people from San Francisco. We learned a lot, had some fun, and took our skills to the next level. So let's dive into our content. We're going to do something unique, and I don't even know the sound for this one. We're combining viewer Email with the blunder, with the content all at once to understand what sales habits are costing you money. So, we got an email from James from Milwaukee. He sent me this link about some mind blowing sales stats. He said, Kurt, thanks for the show. I know it takes time, appreciate the effort. As an entrepreneur, influence is key, it's vital. Your information, your trading has taken my income to the next level. Awesome. James, that's what we like to hear. Although next time I want the exact number. Don't just say increase. I want to know where you're up two times, three times. You're up 20,000, you're up a hundred thousand, you're up a million. Let me know. That's what I like to see. uh, The big numbers, the hard, cold facts. So send that out to me. And and for those who want to contact me, it's Kurt, Kort at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Whether it be question, email, comment, or concern, of course, Anything you need there as far as product services, podcast information, newsletter, it's all available at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. So let's head over to that link and of course I'll put that link at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. This is from Brian Williams, PhD, looks like he put a lot of this information together along with the Brevet Group. It looks like they do some sales engagement training. And it looks like they've pulled this information from all over the place. So I'll give you the source and tell you if I agree or disagree. And most of it, as you know, this is our blunder email and content today. I'll let you know if I agree, disagree, my thoughts. And this is especially important for those that are into influence, into sales and negotiation, especially if you have to create your own leads. So number one on this list put together by again, Brian Williams, is that 92% of customer interactions happen over the phone. This is from Salesforce. 92% they say cold calls dying. Just send an email. I know it's quick and easy to send an email, less confrontational, less rejection. It hurts less, but hey, It's the phone, talking to the phone, getting people on the phone. I'll agree with that. I'm sure it's going down. I know 92% is kind of high, it seems. and we're doing more with Skype. Maybe that counts as interaction, customer interactions. But the phone, the Skype, the interaction, it's key. It's critical. I mean, it's fun to have an email, autoresponder to warm people up. But ultimately, you got to get people on the phone. So on that one, agree. Number two. It takes an average of eight cold call attempts to reach the prospect. This is from Serious Decisions. They did the research on this. But eight attempts? I know you don't want to hear that. But that's probably true. I think it seems a little high. But hey, call and tell. If it takes eight, ten, five, whatever it is, to reach the prospect. They know that you're serious. You keep coming up on caller ID. Eventually, they're probably going to pick up. Not everybody will. But you can't just do it once. You got to keep going until they pick up or you leave multiple messages. Here's an interesting one, and I can't verify this. Instinct says maybe. So the next one is the best time of cold call is between 4 and 5 p.m. You know, a lot of your reps, they call in the morning or during lunch. But people aren't taking their phone calls. Four to five, getting ready, wrapping up for the day, winding down. I guess I could see that. I've also heard it's also good to call before hours because if they're a player, if they're an executive, they're probably there before their gatekeeper. That's also a great time to call. So try that one out. I have no research to verify that one. But, you know, instinctively, I can see where that makes sense. So I'll tentatively agree on that one. And that statistic is from inside sales. The next one, 30 to 50 percent of sales. go to the vendor that respond first. Also from inside sales. I don't know. That's kind of a wide range. 30 to 50 percent. I need something a little more exact. So I'm going to say, "I don't know, because that's such a wide number. Does it depend on industry? I and mean, if you want someone to believe in your statistic or number, it's got to be exact, like 42 percent or 47 percent. That's a wide range. I'll agree, people that get a hold of people first uh, have the first shot, but it depends on their sales skills and their product, depends on their connection, depends what the next people call say about you or you say about them. So there's a lot of variety in there. So uh, I'm agreed to a certain extent, but not quite sure on that number. I need something a little more exact on that one to really give you my feedback. But it's good to be first. There's a primacy recency effect, which... Those who go first and last remembered more. But Remember, Microsoft Windows wasn't first. Many things that have gone first did not last. And sometimes they were the best, but it's about marketing and influence. Of course, it's best to have all the above, be the best and have the best marketing. Just something to think about there. The next one I definitely agree with. 80% of sales require five follow-up calls after the meeting. And this one, probably too low, but they say part of that. 44% of sales reps give up after one follow-up. Yeah, I'd say more than that probably. Well, first of all, I agree with the five. You need to keep calling, keep calling, adding more content, more information, be persistent, not a pain in the butt, that's good. But I would think more than 44% of sales reps give up after one. It seems like higher than they try once, they cross it off the list, they move on. It's the follow-up, the money's in the follow-up. And this number's from Marketing Donut. And who doesn't want a donut? Marketing and donuts together, I like that combination. Next one. Thursday's the best day to prospect. Wednesday's the second best day. That one's also from Inside Sales. And they're going off a lot of analytics and numbers. I'm going to say yes on this one. It's going to depend on the industry. It's going to depend on the person. But I think Monday is a tough day. You're getting back in the work week. You're catching up. You're doing things. Friday, of course. Maybe Friday morning. But I could see Wednesday and Thursday. Try that one out. Just keep your Wednesdays and Thursdays for prospecting and building your pool of prospects. Try that one out. I'll agree on that one. Next one from Skilled Up. Of all the jobs in the U.S., that's one in eight, are full-time sales positions. How am going to say false. Everyone's in sales. You know what I mean. Leaders, teachers, managers, we all influence. Every entrepreneur has to influence, persuade, sell for a living, whatever you want to call it. Maybe it says officially sales on their business card, maybe. But we all gotta realize we all sell. We all influence. Doesn't matter what you do. I think it is much higher than that. I know it's much, much higher than that. This next one comes from sales coaching. They said it over one trillion dollars. $1 trillion, that's a T, are spent annually on sales forces. I'm assuming that's training, working with them, coaching, taking their skills to the next level. I'm going to say maybe, probably, not really, I guess, on that one. I guess over a trillion dollars because that's probably spent on the sales forces from companies, but you have all these entrepreneurs and salespeople that are investing in themselves, buying the books, going to the seminars, doing the training, doing the coaching on their own, Because they know there's a one-to-one relationship between their income and their personal development. So I think you add that, you're adding at least another trillion dollars to this number. And remember one of the questions I always ask before I hire a salesperson. What did you listen to on the way in? That's the key. They're listening to music, talk radio. Come on. I want a podcast like this one, hopefully. I want a book on audio. I want something that's helped them improve their skills. That is a sign of a true professional. So that one agree to disagree. And the next one, the typical firm with 100 to 500 employees on average, seven people are involved in most buying decisions. Hmm. It's from Gartner Inc. They did the research on that one. So true, there are multiple people in most companies they're involved in buying decisions. So this is a wide range, 100 to 500 employees. I mean, that's pretty wide range. That seven people. I have a hard time believing that seven people. I know there's always decision makers, and the bigger the company, the harder it is. But seven people to go through a process to make the decision. You must be dealing with someone way low, or it's an e-jerk reaction. Say they're talking to people, and they're not because they're trying to get rid of you. Now, there's always going to be levels. There's always going to be multiple decision makers, but that seems really high. So, I would just say fishy, but important to think about as far as everybody in the right room at the right time making those decisions so you're not wasting your time. Next one 70% of salespeople using social media outsell their peers. 78% of salespeople using social media outsell their peers. Mm, I need more information on that one. Is that because they're using social media to sell them? Or they're using it to motivate their sales team or motivate themselves. Or they're using it for marketing. I don't see a downside in using social media. I guess I'm not sure. There's probably some truth to that as far as using the social media for the right things, generating prospects. Just not sure what they are using it for. But social media can and is a great tool when used in the right way. As long as you get lost wasting your time looking at stupid things because you're doing your social media. You got to keep yourself specifically on task. The next one kind of contradicts that one. That email is almost 40 times better at acquiring new customers than Facebook and Twitter. This is from McKinsey. Huh. 40 times better with email. You know, social media is getting bigger and bigger. More lead generations coming from Facebook, Twitter, social media. It's easier to acquire. It's easier to Specifically hone in on the demographic that you're looking for. I think Twitter and Facebook is great for that. So I'm saying I I don't know on this one. I don't think so. 40 times, maybe 10 years ago, but not anymore. But I think you need to combine the two, that you use Facebook and Twitter to generate the lead, and use email, capture their email to warm them up, to prove your worth to get them additional information, to get them into that autoresponder drip that gets them warmed up so they're ready to talk to you and want to talk to you. So I'm gonna say, no, you gotta combine them. Use both, social media and email. I've done many email campaigns. I know they're slowly dying over the time. People are still reading their emails, but they're not always going to their email for information. They might be going to YouTube or Facebook or other sites just to get that quick information that they need. I do see the long email newsletters slowly starting to die. This one from Top Sales World says, Salespeople who actively seek out and exploit, I don't know where that word, exploit referrals earned four to five times more than those who don't. Yeah, I agree on that one. Sure, agree. You're always asking referrals, getting referrals, living off referrals. If half your business is not off referrals, you're doing something wrong. Get out there. Prove your worth, exceed expectations, let them know you work off referrals, ask for those referrals, and use those referrals. That makes all the difference in the world. It's like borrowing credibility, instant trust for most people. Get more referrals. Think about it, four to five times more money. Agree. And along with that comes from the Dale Carnegie Group that 91% of customers say they give referrals but only 11% ask. Hello? 91% say they'd give referrals, but only 11% ask. Hello? Just ask. That one's easy. I agree. Start asking. This one's from Josiah Niffingen. Not sure what that one is, but the number is only 13% of customers believe a salesperson can understand their needs. Yeah, probably. I agree with that one get into vomit mode, you don't ask the right questions, you're not a good listener, you're trying to push your product to fit their need and they don't feel like you've talked to them long enough to understand their need. Yeah, I'll agree with that one, 13%. You gotta get in there and really understand their problem. Remember, great persuaders ask three times more questions and are better listeners. And this number from Caliper Corp says, 55% of people making their living in sales don't have the right skills to be successful. 55%. 55%. I guess I need to help understand what it means to be successful. Is that meeting quota? Is that top 50%, top 20%? There is no doubt, though, that most people haven't been trained right. They're just thrown in. They took a sales job. They're doing okay. They're going through the motions. They learn to be order takers. The company really doesn't take care of them and train them very much. Maybe a little product training. But that's true. And part of that, too, is everyone can improve their skills every year, get more tools every year, and be more and more successful. So I'll buy that one. We just need a little more information, but that's probably pretty close. This one number comes from ATD sales. It says continuous training gives 50% higher net sales per employee. Uh, 50% more. I don't know. Sales training, any type of training is hard to measure. Yeah, I don't know on this one. I I mean it's probably 50% higher sales. Wow. Hmm. We do know that training increases income, increases morale, increases motivation, increases loyalty, increases retention, but to make each one to make 50% more, I think it depends on the training of the person and the company. It's no doubt that it works. I mean, that's what I do for a living. I've seen the benefits, but I'm not sure on that one. I'm need a little more information, so maybe? This one from Brainshark takes 10 minutes or more for a new sales rep to become fully productive. From Brain Shark, Ah, no. Man, 10 months. I, well, I mean, how I do you define fully productive? But a couple months, product knowledge in there, start making the calls. I mean, you're improving every month. Fully productive takes is a lifetime of learning. You, to be fully productive, you're learning and growing every day. It's going to take you years, but you can be up to speed in a couple months. I don't think so on that one. You don't need that much time, A and B, to be fully productive. You have to be learning and growing every day, every week, learning new tools and new skills. So, nah, on to that one. How about this one? Retaining customers is 67 times less costly than acquiring new ones. Duh. Yeah. Okay. That's from Bain Alerts. Oh, yeah. Always market to your current customers and keep your current customers. Keep them happy. Sell them more. It's always easier to sell one who's just bought something to sell them more and to keep them on track. So I will agree on that one. So a few more here. Go along with that. Is that the average company loses 10 to 30% of its customers each year? From Joanna Brandy, 10 to 30%. That's a wide range. I mean, there's got to be a range in there. I agree. I mean, we're losing too many customers every year. You're not keeping them loyal. You're not keeping their attention. But we need a more specific number there. But there's some truth to that one. Something we could all work on to keep those customers. And final one from Chip and Dan Heath that after a presentation, 63% of attendees remember stories. Only 5% remember statistics. Some truth to that one. My research is a little different. Stories is a little closer to 50%. And depending on the statistics, probably more like 15, 16%. But how memorable was it? What was the type of audience? How did you use it? Was it believable, the statistics? Because statistics can be very memorable when they are believable, that they're verifiable, that it affects the what's in it for them. So I agree to a certain extent, but I think the stories are a little lower and statistics is a little higher based on the research what I've done to give persuasive presentations. And in fact, shameless plug, if you want my course on how to give persuasive presentations with the step-by-step formula, that's available at lawsofpersuasion.com. Check it out, James. I hope that was helpful to you. And everybody else kind of listen to those. And I'd pick the one. Which one are you really blowing? Which one do you need to work on? If you're an influence and you're in sales, there's probably two or three glaring at you as you listen to those that you need to do better at. Do you need anybody to try and implement. Try calling on Wednesdays, Thursdays. Try calling at four or five. P.m. Try to call a few more times, start implementing these and become a better influencer, get better at sales and go out and persuade with power.